We are continuing our introductions of Paul in his letters to the various churches and today we are looking at Colossians. And uh, I'm going to read the first six verses of Paul's letter to Colossae. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven, about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. Let's just pray. Father, as we look at your word today, we ask you that you will bring it to life for us, you will feed us, you will encourage us, you will provoke us. Come, Holy Spirit, we love you. We love your presence. We love the fact that you're here with us. But, oh God, we do look to the days when we can again glory with great noise before your throne for all your goodness and your power and your majesty and who you are. Amen. So, Paul is writing to the church in Colossae. He's never actually visited the church. The church was planted when Paul was preaching in Ephesus. In, in, for two years in Ephesus, he taught daily in one of the uh, meeting halls there. And people went from Ephesus back to their own towns and villages. And a number of churches were planted from that. But Paul never actually visited Colossae. If you've been listening for the last few weeks, you'll be familiar with Paul's introduction, um, and here he mentions Timothy, a very dear co-worker. Um, he has various co-workers as he um, writes to the various churches. And I would like to look at verses 3 to 6 today. We always thank God when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people. This church had a reputation, had a reputation of being a church of faith and a church of love. And uh, in many of Paul's letters, he mentions the various reputations of the churches and he mentions the various characteristics that they are known for. And it is a reminder to us that we can enhance or bring down the reputation of Open Door. In the way that we talk about it um, with other Christians, in the way that we talk about it with our friends and our relatives. It is it's part of the reputation of Open Door. And uh, it, our reputation grows as well as people come and visit us and then go elsewhere. Be interesting to know what the reputation of Open Door is across the churches. Um, when I first came here, is it two and a half, three years ago now? Um, probably its its most noted reputation was a reputation of worshipping God in the spirit and in truth. That was the reputation that it has. And churches have reputations. And uh, it's not that we want to be on our best behaviour all the time, because that won't work. <laughs> reputations come just from being what we are. And... Uh, 
I think we've got a probably a pretty good reputation, but we want to we want it to spread across Northamptonshire. We want it to we want to be a church that is encouraging other churches. But theirs was that they were a church of faith and love that spring from the hope you have in heaven. Faith and love springing from the hope that they had in heaven. There was something about this church that it was a church full of the hope of heaven. And uh, it is that that I want to look, look at today. Biblical hope motivates our life. Now, hope anyway, um, generally, um, inspires you. Um, I, many, many years ago, I was a patrol leader in the Scouts. And we organised for our patrol a, I think it was about an eight-mile walk on a Saturday afternoon. We were going to leave at 11, get back about two or three, and then had to do that because I was at work at half past four. And we started, it was a typical August day in Britain. We gathered together at my house and it was glorious sunshine. And we set off. And the first three miles of it went really well. Then it clouded over, and then it absolutely bucketed down. Now that wasn't on the weather forecast. We hadn't anticipated it. We had brought sort of some sort of coat, but we were all soaking wet. Then it hailed, and we had thunder and lightning. We had some quite young kids with us, and uh, they began to get frightened. Well, the next part of the part of the walk was quite. This is a true story. Was through the woods. Well, that's quite easy. So we start going through the woods because on the map the path is so clear. It's easy. So we're walking through the woods. Then sort of oh, it's not quite as clear, and we drifted off the path a little bit. And we stumbled across a Hell's Angel initiation service in the middle of the woods. <laughs> and I walked in and, ah, and I said, we're off, sorry. And at that point, the little kids, wet, cold, and now clearly frightened by what they'd just seen, scattered through the woods. <laughs> And uh, recently realised you can't go shouting when you've upset a group of people who didn't want you to see what they were doing, shouting for your kids. So me and my patrol leader, we sort of gathered them together, but it took about an hour, so we were now cold, wet and running very late and had a very frightened group of kids. And me and the patrol leader, we said, what are we going to do here? <laughs> we're a little bit lost. We know if we go in that direction, we will get out of the woods eventually. We've got frightened kids and we're very cold. So we got them together. We thought the only thing we can do here is say to them, look, we are, gonna, we are going to finish this walk. Partly because there's nothing else you can do. Out in the countryside, you've got to finish. So we, we're going to finish this walk. And when we finish it, we are going to pass the shop and we are going to buy some cocoa, and we're going to buy some marshmallows, and we're going to buy some chocolate, and we're going to buy some milk, and when we finish it, we are going to have a massive chocolate feast 
and hot chocolate and marshmallows and we're going we're gonna to sit and we're going to get warm and cosy again. That is what we're aiming for. Because we knew we had to give them some hope, something to look forward to, something that would move them forward. And hope does that. And biblical hope motivates us. See, it's possible in the Colossae church that there were some awkward people. I mean, obviously we don't have them in Eden, but in, you know, there are some people that are just plain awkward. And God says, <coughs> they're your brother, your sister, you've got to love them. And it's like, that's fine, but they're not like me. They're different, they like different things. They're, they're a lot younger than me, and I, I don't really understand what they're talking about. I'm not so keen on their music. Um, <coughs> they're a lot older than me, and they're really fussy, and they're just... <coughs> But God says, you should love them. And a biblical hope says, I should love them, and I can do, because there's a place in heaven where they're going to be my brother and my sister, and we're going to live forever. There's a place in heaven, so let's make the most of it down here. Biblical hope motivates Biblical hope is also sure and certain. One Peter one four says that we have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And we have an inheritance, we're going to look at it in a minute, that is glorious. And it can never spoil perish or fade. Hebrews 6, 17 to 19, it's a, it's a funny old verse. It set, talks about our hope and it says, <coughs> by two certainties our hope is sure. The first certainty is that God has made a promise that he is going to create a new heaven and a new earth and that we are going to be part of that new heaven and new earth. It's like Jesus in John 14 where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. He's making a promise. And that's the first thing. God has made a promise that there is an inheritance for us, that there is a new heaven and a new earth. He's promised us that in this new heaven and earth there is a, a beauty and a glory. But the second certainty is this, God cannot lie. And if God cannot lie and he makes a promise, then you have two certainties. Because God, if he can't lie and he's made a promise, he's going to fulfill it. Do you understand it? See, I can make a promise, as I used to make to my children. Dad, can you come and play with me? Yes in one minute. Our children never really learned from me how long a minute was. <coughs> because for them, a minute went on for a very long time sometimes. But if God said, if, if, if I'd been God and I'd got, 
And I'd said, yes, I'm going to play with you in one minute. Then in one minute, he would have played with them. Because God cannot lie. Therefore, he always fulfills his promises. So our hope is sure and certain. <coughs> and as I mentioned, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. I am very rarely frustrated by not having a lot of time to talk about subjects, but I'm really frustrated this morning about talking about this because I have to go through it so, so quickly. Biblical hope motivates us. Biblical hope is sure and certain. But biblical hope is glorious. I'm going to read you two verses. <coughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, and Romans 8, verse 18. 2 Corinthians, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is seen, but we do not fix our eyes on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And Romans 8.18, we consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Do you feel old and that you're wasting away? <clears throat> Do you feel constrained by the limitations of your ageing body? There are better things coming. There are better things coming. There are better things coming. Do you, do you feel that your life is full of troubles, challenges and difficulties? Do you feel that God's training is, is <coughs> holding you in? You want to do this, you want to do that, but God is pushing you in. Well, there's a reward that will far outweigh everything. All the troubles, all the challenges, all the difficulties, all the constraining. As we walk in obedience to him, there is a reward that will far outweigh them all. <coughs> Today will pass. Tomorrow will come but eternity will last forever. No matter what, we, what trials, difficulties, troubles we have today, we have a hope in heaven and a glorious reward. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 15, 42, it says this. I'm not going to read it. It's a, it's a long passage, the whole of 1 Corinthians 15. But it talks about us as people, that we are perishable. We're going to rot away. We're going to age. But we are going to be changed to be imperishable. It talks about how we have been born into dishonour. But we are going to be changed into glory. It talks about how we have been born in weakness. But we are going to be reborn in power. 
I've, <coughs> I've had a pretty lousy three weeks. Um, I've not, not particularly enjoyed them as I've just sort of battled with sort of various difficulties. But it's been great reading about hope because, yeah, I feel so weak, I feel so feeble, I feel so unable to achieve everything I want to achieve. But we have a new day coming when we will be people full of power. We've been born natural, but we are going to come alive as spiritual beings. We've been born earthly, but we are going to be changed into the heavenly. We are not what we will be. And then Revelation 21, 1-4, just glorious verses. This is the Apostle John. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. What an amazing set of verses. There is a new on its way for us. We know the presence of God by the Holy Spirit. We can feel God. His love is poured into us by his Holy Spirit. But the day is coming when we will see him face to face. In all his glory, in all his magnificence. He will wipe away every tear. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain because the old has gone. The next time I'm struggling to have faith in God. In fact, last night I was really struggling to sleep and uh, had lots of different thoughts come in. And God just said to me, he said, what are you speaking on tomorrow? Just go. Go to the hope you have. Go to the hope that you have. And I began to go through um, some of the sort of longer notes of what I'd written here. I just lifted my eyes. Yeah, God, I can trust you. There is a better thing coming. There's a new heaven and a new earth. Yes, I'm weak and I don't feel powerful now, but there is a new day coming. For this church, when they looked and said, how, how can we love the world? How can we love one another? We can do it because there's a new day coming and it inspires us. It drives us on. We can have hope, we can have faith, we can have love because we have a hope in heaven. What we do now brings us a glorious reward in a new heaven and a new earth. How we love, how we trust God 
brings reward in heaven. John, 1 John 3 verse 3 says, He who has this hope purifies himself. And I think sometimes when we're struggling in our Christianity, we sometimes feel we must work harder. We must read our Bible more. We must pray more. We must attend more church. Perhaps one of the things we need to do is instead contemplate the glorious and everlasting hope that we have in a new heaven and a new earth as people born again, people transformed from earthly to glorious in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the hope that we have. We thank you for this church in Colossae whose faith and love were inspired by the hope they have in you. The hope of seeing you face to face, the hope of being transformed, the hope of seeing, seeing a new heaven and a new earth. Father, in these days we ask you, let our hope rise again, afresh, anew, with a new power to draw us on in your purposes. We ask you for open door. Fill us with hope that we might be, able, might be inspired to serve you with greater diligence and passion. Not because we have to, but because we're stirred to, because we know our Father in heaven has gone to prepare a place for us and it is magnificent and glorious and full of wonder and full of magnificence. Come and lift our eyes to the hope that we have in Jesus for your glory. Amen.